And we have to live life large this year because there will never be another Christmas like this one. Cherish your family and your friends and your colleagues. Do you love them? How do they know? Do they love you? How do you know? Love is a great word, but it's a better verb. That's Tom Jackson, actor, singer, and social activist. He's our guest today on the Akamemok podcast. Danse, tuwao, and welcome to the Akamemok podcast. I'm your host, Perry Belgard, National Chief of the Assembly of First Nations. Akamemok is a Plains Cree word for you all persevere. Or in other words, let's keep going and don't give up. On this podcast, we discuss the leading issues facing First Nations peoples with top experts, with elders and community leaders. And our guest today needs very little introduction. You might know Tom Jackson from his acting roles in big-budget Hollywood films like 2019's Cold Pursuit with Liam Neeson. It was his first run. Just one run, Papa, he says to me. I can do it. I'm your son. Or from the Netflix shows like Outlander or CBC's North of 60. Our guest appearances on Star Trek. You've also likely heard his best-selling country albums. I think I'm falling and I need your I hope you have no regrets. When we spoke to Tom Jackson, he was just wrapping up his annual Huron Carol concert series in support of food banks and homeless shelters across Canada. The popular holiday season variety show has raised millions for charity since Jackson launched it 33 years ago. And in recognition of that community leadership, Tom Jackson was recently made a companion of the Order of Canada. Tom Jackson, welcome to our Akamemuk podcast. Well, it's very nice to listen to you and to talk to you, my brother. It's, uh, it's also an honor to uh, be in the presence of your great leadership. Um, I understand you're moving on soon, but um, it's been quite the journey, and uh, you've made us all very proud. Well, thank you so much for that, Tom. And uh, I also want to say, you don't have to be elected to be a leader. And you've led in the fight against poverty and, and homelessness and hunger for our people. And this year, your Huron Carroll tour was disrupted by this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. But the show ran virtually for several weeks. How did what? Tell us about that experience going forward. Well, it it was born out of uh, the necessity to find something to do when COVID hit. When we got locked down in March, I, like everybody else, felt the weight, the sheer weight, and the power of this COVID disease. And Alice and my wife. And I sat around feeling helpless and Mm -hmm. wondering what these four walls were made of. And all of a sudden realized that they were insulated with something that we hadn't even been aware of. And and that was the motivation to help others. And if we thought we might get ourselves out of that feeling useless and, and helpless, uh, that mm-hmm. we might be able to 
to do what we have done for so many years. And we started a series for uh, live streaming called Almighty Voices. And um, it ran for 12 weeks. We did one show per week. And it was designed to raise money for the Unison Benevolent Fund, which is an organization that's sole purpose is to help musicians in crisis. And as you can imagine, uh, you know, musicians went from a higher level of uh, experiencing live audiences and performances to having nothing to do. And um, mm -hmm. as a result of that, we realized that there was something that we could do on the blank canvas. And I'll share a story with you. I had a mm -hmm. conversation, couldn't have been a couple of weeks ago, with 27 students out in St. John's, Newfoundland. We had a show there. And prior to the show, we meet with the communities. And, um, and this group was a group of artists of different disciplines of all types. And what we talked about was how this had given us a blank canvas and I, you mentioned that prior to us going on the air about having a, a blank page. Well, there's a blank canvas. And I said, okay, well, what do you want to put on that canvas? What would you like the world to see? And the question that I present is, would you like to see a better world? Because if mm. you say I, and they did. And I said, okay, if you'd like to see a better world, Say love. Okay, a little bit trepidation, but they did. I said, okay, so now the world is better. It's better already, just saying that. And mm -hmm. the decision was made by this group that they were going to paint something called love on this canvas using whatever discipline they had. And they were going to display that by changing the word to a verb. And they were going to go, as soon as we hung up the phone, I mean, got off the Zoom call, they were mm -hmm. going to do something for somebody. They were going to do something for somebody else. And you know what that does, my brother? Mm. That changes the world for not 27 but 54 because mm -hmm. somebody who does it gets it and somebody who receives it gets it. So the reality is that if we do something for somebody else, they're maybe going to do something for somebody else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And what mm -hmm. if they do something for somebody else and they pay it forward. And one of the person that they pay it forward to is somebody, you know, mm -hmm. somebody you love. See, we don't know the value of the gift. The gift is in the giving, but mm -hmm. we don't know the value of the gift. And that's mm -hmm. really what, you know, what we've been doing is really helping others who help others all these years. And, you know, 
the technology part of it, the virtual reality part of it, the virtual broadcasts, there are already tools that we have at our disposal. What are we going to do with them? What are we going to use them for? Are we going to mm. use them for a commercial purpose? Or are we going to use them for something else? For somebody else? The continual journey of doing things for someone else is empowering. Mm. Somebody asks me for a favor. I feel like I'm being empowered. I feel like mm. I'm, somebody just gave me something. And I, and I say, yeah, for sure. And I can say this to you, brother. I can say, mm -hmm. if you need me. If you need something, if you're brave enough to ask me for something, I can tell you this. Mm. I promise you that I can help you. And I don't wow. care what you ask me. I do not care. I promise you, not that I don't care. The reason I'm saying that makes me so flippant about it is that my resource is not my intelligence. My resource is my network, the people that mm -hmm. I know. So you can ask me something, and if you need help, I can find you help. My resource is deep enough, as yours would be, deep enough to know mm -hmm. somebody who knows somebody. And if my relationship with those people is bonded by something and forged by something that is not just a spark, but it's a fury, it's an inferno, then that bond is going to be there forever. Well, powerful statements, Tom. It's like when you're talking, uh, you know, those old statements from our, our elders, our people, like the two strongest statements to make or, or say are, is one, I love you. And two, I need help. Two two sentences uh, that people have difficulty always trying to bring forward, like, I, I love you or I need help. And uh, you found a real eloquent way to say, hey, um, we want to keep moving forward. Do something for someone else. The spirit of giving, passing it forward, and the impact that it has, not on those 27 people, the 54, and then that keeps expanding. And uh, that's, again, I'm so, so happy when you decide to come on on the podcast and, and your examples of leadership through the Huron Carol. And uh, you didn't let this pandemic slow it down. You found a way through it. And you felt it was important to go on despite all the challenges this year. Now, why, again, you explained it so eloquently. Was there anything else you want to share? Like, why was this so important to keep this going? Because the people that have come to rely upon the Huron Carol and their needs are greater this year than they have ever been. Hmm. And if you talk about leadership and I'm not going to think of myself as the leadership, the leadership are in pods across the country. We've been doing this for 33 years. And over mm -hmm. the course of that time, we've generated over $230 million for people who need help. And let me go back to the beginning of all of this just for a second and go back to the point of not understanding quite what the value of the gift is and if the gift is helping someone else. I, 
I lived in a crawl space 33 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I lived in that crawl space because the guy who lived upstairs was kind enough to allow me to stay there. And that was in downtown Toronto. And I got a visit one night. And my visitor said to me, I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to send you an angel. And that angel is going to be worse off than you. If you help that angel, I'm going to help you. I left that crawl space and went looking for the angel. In a lot of ways, that brought me here to you. You see, there were a lot of angels out there that Mm. were worse off than me. But it only took the first one to change my life. The first one. I helped this guy. Mm. He was on Dundas, downtown Toronto. And I helped him. Well, my life changed. It changed immediately. There was no delay. (laughs) There was no Mm. latency. I woke up. I'd been sleeping in my own cocoon. I woke up. I started to breathe. I'd I'd never had oxygen before. This became oxygen for me. And I found that I could be addicted to something else. Hmm. I could be addicted to love. And I became addicted to something that costs less, lasts Hmm. forever, and never changes. But what I also realized was I didn't necessarily know as much as I would like to know. I went to a place called Council Fire, downtown Toronto. And there was a woman there. Her name was Millie Redmond. Mm. She was a member of the Order of Canada. Holy mackerel. A member of the Order of Canada? Are you kidding me? There's a First Nation person. And I said to Millie, Mm -hmm. I said, I need help. And she said, well, you came to the right place because this is where we help people. And I said, no, (laughs) you don't understand. I need to help. I need to help. I need to learn what you know. And she said to me, she said, Mm. we had a shortage of 500 hampers last year at Christmas time. Do you think you can help us with that? And I said, sure. And I called some friends of mine and we decided to call this show that we did a little fundraiser. We were going to be in Massey Hall. Mm-hmm. We, had, we had big dreams. We were going to be in Ma- uh, It ended up in the silver dollar. In the buck. And there were 200 people. Dressed to the nines. As you could in the buck. And we didn't raise much money. But it did create an awareness. Mm-hmm. And it did strike a chord with people that wanted to make music. They wanted to make magic music. They wanted to change things. And the next day, and this was, the show was on the 17th of December. 
So we're real close right now. On the 18th of December, I went into Council mm-hmm. Fire. I never went in. I couldn't get in. There were cars and trucks lined up for as far as the eye could see, delivering food to Council Fire. So I went, borrowed a few cents from a guy in Pigeon Park and phoned my friend Mike in Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. I said, Mike, I got to get home. Can you get me home? So he phoned his dad. (laughs) And his dad gave him money to get me a ticket. And I went back to Winnipeg with my tail between my legs. And I talked to all my boys, all my troops. You must have some boys and some troops back home, eh? So I was talking to them and they said, what's going on, brother? Hmm. And I told them. And they said, you know what? We got six days to Christmas. You want to do something? And I said, sure. What do you want to do? They said, well, let's... Let's have a dinner and let's find all the people we can on Christmas Eve that are out on the street and bring them to dinner. That's been going on for 33 years. For 33 years. You see, you don't really quite know the value of the gift. You remember when we started this chain? It was the guy who let me live Hmm. in his basement, in his crawl space. And it brought me here to you. Hmm. Well, Tom, you know, this this is wonderful story of how you help deal with so many people uh, in Toronto, on the streets, in Winnipeg, on the streets. It's all about the homelessness and the hunger and the poverty that a lot of our people face and it's out there and and you found a way to deal with that. Do you think in your mind, heart and spirit is because you come from that, that you know it, that you lived it, that that's motivating you to, to keep doing what you're doing? I believe that my upbringing, the love of my parents, yeah, I was born on one arrow. And one arrow, Treaty Six territory, yeah, just north of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And well, I wasn't actually born on one arrow. I was born on the back of a buckboard on the way to PA. And mm-hmm. my life kind of defined itself right from the time that I was born. And my dad was English. We lived on the reserve. My dad lived on the reserve with my mom. And we grew up, mm-hmm. you know, jumping from a from an oil can into the mud in the pond and the black mud between our toes and having the time of our life. And I remember an early Christmas where there wasn't anything under the tree other than a bicycle that one of our neighbors 
had refurbished and painted bright red. And it had a basket and it was a boy's bike. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing my mom and dad and they were just looking at us and I could tell my dad was saying to my mom that I love you. And I'll always remember that. It was, that was the gift as much as it was great to get the bike. By the way, mm -hmm. we cut off the bar in the middle so my sister could ride the bike. <laughs> <laughs> you made it both girl and boy bike. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but it was that moment. And my mom and dad were exactly, they, they wore their heart on their sleeves. My mom was very gregarious and my, man, my, my dad was a man of peace. And the things that I learned growing up with my mom and dad were the kind of things and the values that I had lost for many years. I'd been away mm. from home too long. And it, it strikes me that we got to think about getting back home because we were born innocent. We were born bastions of innocence. And the farther we get away from home, the more we lose our innocence. Hmm. We get back home and we learn the values that we learned when we were living at home, which was to share, which was compassion, which was empathy, which was hope, which was faith. But most importantly, what was love? That's my, that's my verb. I, I, Christmas, is, Christmas is a verb, is it not? We do things for people at Christmas time. Somebody said to me once, okay, what's the secret to being happy, compassionate, have empathy, have hope, have faith? I was in Germany last February, just before the lockdown. And I was at a First Nation film festival and there was a native girl there. She was a jingle dancer. And I asked her, why do you dance? And she said, because I can't forgive and forget. What? She said, I dance to sweat. I dance to sweat because there's a, a place in my heart that is occupied by a toxic trickster. And when I sweat, that trickster gets extricated and gets replaced. And when that happens, I don't have to forget, but I can forgive. Hmm. Dance to sweat. So what's my point? My point is, okay, we live in a, in a place where we're now in a lockdown. What are you going to do? You're going to dance. Go dance. Get on a Zoom. Mm -hmm. Dance with somebody. Sweat. <laughs> Get a book. You know, let's call that leaping. Get a book. Read something that gives you pleasure. Learn something. 
Hmm. Laugh. The last medicine, the best medicine in the world is laughter. The last time you laughed 22 Mm -hmm. times, or sorry, the last time you laughed 200 times, you were probably two years old, and maybe you laugh now 22 times a day, or maybe you only laugh twice. But we have to learn how to laugh. <laughs> yeah. We have to realize our funny bone needs a little a little uh, WD-20 or whatever that's called. I say, you know, yeah. leap, learn, laugh. And what do you think the last one is, brother? Love. I'm going to take a guess and say love. You, yep. Leap, learn, laugh, and love. That's a social prescription. You don't have to take that with water. You don't have to swallow it. It's a social prescription that creates health. I know you had a brief conversation at some point with my my friend Alejandro Haddad, Alex Haddad. Alex taught me a lot um, about creating health. And our project, Carol, Mm -hmm. is infused with creating health. It's infused with happiness. It's It's DNA is everything that we've been talking about. Leap, mm, learn, laugh, love. Yeah. That's a good mantra, Tom. Leap, learn, laugh, and love. And laughter is good medicine. And then you always talk about compassion and kindness and caring. Do you feel overall in in our society that we're lacking things? Tell us your, your view about Canada, maybe the word, like your vision. What do you feel that we're good about our society or what are we lacking in our society? I think personally, this is my personal thought, that we, we need, and I, I'm sorry, I, 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 and I, I don't know if I should apologize for this. I just don't want to be monotonous to you. I don't want to be an old man with gray hair that gets annoying because he thinks he knows too much. <laughs> but here's the reality. Mm-hmm. Do you love your family? Yeah. How do they know? Oh, of course. Do you tell them? You have to tell them every day. Right. Give them hugs every day. If they love you, how do you know? They have to tell you. Right. Do you love your community? How do they know? Do you tell them? Does your community love you? You see, if we as an individual can find a way to tell our family and our family can tell our community, our community can tell our country, the country can tell the world. And vice versa. And then you come back down the ladder. All those things are very important motions and determination led by commitment. You can become a hospital for yourself. What if you didn't have high blood pressure? Would you need a pill? No. That's creating health. Leap, learn, laugh, love. Different kind of prescription. So what does this country Mm. need? Well, it needs sustainable leadership that is committed to acknowledging, recognizing, and becoming action, not actors, as it relates to water, housing, 
food security. Is that impossible? No, it's not impossible. You just have to acknowledge it's there and commit yourself to do something about it. Are there solutions out there? Yes, there are. Are they inside the box? Probably not. So we have to think outside the box. We watch, Hmm. you know, issues around water happening. You can't tell me I've been around too long. You can't tell me there's no solution to that. Pardon the pun. You can't tell me there's no solution to that. Is it affordable? Maybe not. But what does that mean, affordable? What the hell does that mean? Does that mean, no, we can't afford to save your life? Why? Because you live in some place where it costs more to save a life. Mm. Housing. In our world, we live in a situation where I think in our communities that our basic problem to 99% of our scenarios, the issues in our, in our communities can be related back to bad housing. 15 people mm-hmm. in a three-room house. Now more so than anything. Can we change that? Is it possible to do that in an affordable way? Well, you can, as long as you're not bootstrapping it to jobs. Do you want a healthy, sustainable home or a job? Because they're two different things. If you bootstrap one to the other, it's not affordable economically. Hmm. But I can tell you right now, because I was in the business. I did, there's a lot going on in my world, has gone on in my world that others have no idea. But I used to have a manufacturing plant that manufactured affordable houses. I realized at some point that I couldn't actually build for what I could buy. I had a First Nation that was in crisis. I was asked to sit on an economic development you know, with a group. And uh, and we went into meetings on the nation and there would be calls that would come in about emergencies with elders who were suffering from mildew or children in hospitals. And I said, okay, before we talk about development, can we look at solving this problem first? And I said, how many houses do you need? How many, what, what's your crisis point? And they said, we need 10 houses. And I said, so those are sites where there's mildew. Homes had been built on muskeg. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, let's just use the hookup. Now, I don't want to sound, you know, that's that point of being annoying. Well, the guy knows too much. Well, I'm just old enough now to know enough about almost everything to be annoying. So let's just get that straight. (laughs) You've got silver hair and gray hair for a reason, Tom. Keep going. (laughs) So I called a friend of mine. And I said, I need 10 homes. He called around. Remember that? Knowing somebody who knows somebody? He called around. Connections. I found eight homes that were in distress. Somebody bought eight homes and had passed away, unfortunately. And these homes were sitting on a staging lot. And I said, 
how much? And there's value to this story in terms of what do you think things actually cost if you start from scratch? So this is the point I found out that I couldn't build for what I could buy. These homes, hmm, 68, there were 1,280 square foot homes, three bedrooms furnished for $68,000. We got all eight of them. So at the end of that experience, I went back, okay. How, do, how can that translate to real time to today? This day, on this day, Perry, I can mm-hmm. provide a home for $85 Canadian per square foot today. Mm-hmm. A home that is built with insulated panels. Structurally, ins- they're called SIPs. Structurally insulated panels. I know that I know that these homes are available. Okay, so we got housing, we got water. Now we got to worry about food. Well, there are programs out there that have defined themselves to be qualitative, sustainable, and achievable. Not by actors, but by action. And if we want a better country, if we want a better life for our communities, then we have to acknowledge this. And the government doesn't have the kind of money to, to meet the need immediately. So you know what I did when I put the eight homes on the ground? I went to the bank. No, go ahead. <laughs> I need money. Go to the bank. <laughs> right? <laughs> we talked to the bank and we made a, an, an arrangement, which was a great arrangement for the nation. And that didn't take anything out of their, you know, out of the coffers of the nation. And it was driven by a nation. It was driven by Indian gaming. Yeah. So you've, Tom, you, what you just described is you've found creative ways to deal with housing. A lot of First Nations, we have 634 First Nations across Canada, and proper, adequate housing is a big issue. Uh, on every reserve, there's black mold, there's overcrowded. You've talked about water, having access to potable water. There's still 50-plus boil water advisories. And uh, you described through your experience and through your wisdom and your connections and contacts, you found a way to help deal with those issues in, in, in some First Nations. And that's a powerful statement. And that's what we've got to keep doing in Canada because there is a huge socioeconomic gap. We call it this socioeconomic gap. Canada rated sixth quality of life according to the United Nations Human Development Index. For First Nations people, we're 63rd. Sixth versus 63rd. And so we have to keep working together to build a better country uh, for all of us. And that's your empathy and your hope and your faith. And at this time of year, getting close to Christmas, other than the Huron Carol, what other traditions do you have? What does Tom Jackson do around Christmas time? 
other than the Huron Carol? Do you have any, anything else that you do as holiday traditions that you enjoy or that you partake of? I don't have a lot. Um, but that's my Christmas season is usually on a bus. You know, it's like I, I didn't get affected so much by the, the COVID because I'm with Allison. We're at home. We're by ourselves. The only difference is our house isn't rocking back and forth on the on the highway. <laughs> but we mm-hmm. traditionally do that right up till Christmas Eve and including Christmas Eve. So when we get home, here's the big deal. We sleep. In the morning, we put in the turkey. We go back to sleep. We get up, we eat turkey, we go back to sleep. <laughs> and it's kind of like that around here. And then and then we relax and catch up with the rest of the world. This year's going to be different. It's a real interesting uh, scenario. Like the space is here. I'm not sure what the space is going to get filled with. But I'm looking forward to it. I mean, the other day, my my friend Jerry Kendall, he broke the law. He came over here and and insisted on delivering a. He runs a crossroads market. He runs a farmers market. So he insisted on bringing over some cheese and some fruit and whatnot. And he had his mask and and he stood at the door. And he insisted on me backing up and him coming in and. And we sat there and talked for a good half hour. I forgot how valuable that was. Mm-hmm. You know, I forgot how good that was. As, as is this, as as this is as well, uh, I have to say, it's, it's very good for me. I used, to do, awesome. I used to do a show just like you're doing now. It started my career. You might become an actor. Look up. Be careful. <laughs> Look out, be careful. I used to have a show called uh, Kitapoy, uh, mm-hmm. the way it is. And uh, it, yeah. that was back in, in Winnipeg. My, that's, you know, I was born on one arrow. I live in uh, Alberta, but my heart is in Calgary. I mean, in Winnipeg. So my heart lives mm-hmm. in Winnipeg. And I was there. There was a guy named Isaac Bolio from Sandy Bay. Yeah, I remember Isaac. And he had a show called Chitapwe. And there was one mm-hmm. night, and I didn't know Isaac when this happened. I was singing at some basement party. I had three songs in my repertoire, and he said to me, you know what, you should come on my show. <laughs> wow, I just hit the big time. I'm going to go and do a, a show and sing some tunes. And uh, when I finished that, uh, show it was great and I packed up my guitar it was 34 below and I went out on the street and there was a guy at the door he was the, the director uh, at the, the radio station and he said have you ever considered doing radio I said yeah whatever and I walked two blocks number 34 below Portage in Maine yeah I decided well, I'm going to turn around went back up the stairs what do you mean by that? Well, eventually, I did, was I got to work on Kitapwe. And uh, what I realized ah. about radio was that it didn't have a color. Podcasts 
don't have color. You challenge the people who are listening to your podcast Mm -hmm. to use their mind's eye. So you can paint whatever you want. That's it. But the great thing is it doesn't have color. Now you might think, well, Mm -hmm. yeah, you want it to have color. Well, you can paint it. (laughs) You can cause that color. (laughs) But there's the page you were talking about. It's a blank There it is. And on this colorful podcast that we're on here, Tom, I always ask my guests as well, you know, in, in light of everything that we're going through as a country, in light of everything that we see from COVID-19 to systemic racism in the healthcare system with Joyce Eshaquan passing away in the hospital in Quebec to the racism in the police forces against our people, you know, to the deaths that are there, um, you know, I'm going to ask, what gives you hope? How can you sleep at night? What things give you hope? That I have been fortunate enough to be surrounded by a dream. That dream is a manifestation of the team. The people who I've, over the course of my lifetime, come to know mutual value, mutual respect, having the ability to make a decision, knowing that that decision is the right decision versus a wrong decision. You see, when we were born, that bastion of innocence that we talked about earlier, there was a, an open, it was a clear canvas, right? <laughs> and mm-hmm. we go through life, and we only know right until somebody introduces wrong. And then we have a choice to make. So are we going to go down that road or are we going to go down this road? But we know which road is the right road. And the team that, and you're on that team, there's no escape. So you're part of my team. So I should have said this earlier. Let me just tell you this. Harry, look at me. Look at me. Mm-hmm. I, I got you. Love you. And let me tell you why. Because you saved my life. Yeah, I'm older than you. But it's what you do, your heart, your commitment, your compassion, and your leading to truth saved my life. You give me a dream like you give others a dream. And they get to see a star somewhere. And you give them the courage to reach that star and to grab it, to hang on to it. That's you. That's who you are. And you're part of my team. And I love my team. Awesome. You know, Tom, um, thank you so much for that powerful message. And I love you too as well. And I'm very proud to be part of your team. You're part of my team. And I want to acknowledge you for all that you do and all that you have done to battle poverty, to battle hunger, to battle homelessness. And 
all the hope that you've provided to our people. And uh, that's a powerful message around this time of year. I don't know if you have your guitar handy, Tom. I was going to say, I got one more request. I want you to sing a song. I don't know. I have one that's in tune. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a second. I'll be right back. Okay. So, Tom, if you got a guitar. Let me see. My, uh, I, have, I have two requests. Yeah. My, my mother-in-law, Noreen Galley, is one of your biggest fans. Huh? And she's, uh, Noreen Galley, if you could uh, wish her uh, to Noreen Galley a very special Christmas and happy holidays, that would be immense. And then you could even dedicate this song if you want to her. But like, I tell you, like, she just loves you. So this is a special shout out to Noreen Galley. Do not forget that I love you. Close your eyes and dream. Mary and Joseph together alone. Under a star, a child is born. The choirs sang out for thousands of years. Silent night for the world to hear. On the dawn came Christmas Day. The angels withdrew and the star fades away. But a soul angel stayed and he's still here today. That helps them to sleep when the soul angel plays. Close your eyes and what do you see? A stable, an angel, a prince of peace, or visions of family on Christmas Eve. Children all around, gifts under the tree. Just close your eyes and dream. I am the old man who lives down the lane, singing for pennies that help ease the pain for those who might fall on a cold winter's night. I go and search where the homeless will hide. I sing of a love that's hard to ignore. Praying on corners for the rich and the poor. Some are afraid and some are dismayed. But it helps me to sleep when the soul angel plays. Close your eyes and what do you see? A stable, an angel, a prince of peace. Or visions of family on Christmas Eve. Children all around, gifts under the tree. Just close your eyes and dream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mary and Joseph together alone. Under a star, a child is born, and choirs sang out. Silent night for the world to hear. That was awesome, Tom. Thank you so much. Okay, my friend. A lot of work ahead of us. We'll keep going. Akame muk. Akame muk. All right. Kitam. Mustas. I want to say a very special thank you for coming on our Akame muk podcast. It has been a pleasure. And this is not the end. We'll talk to you soon. I want to thank all the people for listening to the Akamemic podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. Give us a rating and tell your friends about us on social media. And as always, we want to give a big shout out to the Red Dog Singers of the Treaty 4 Territory in Southern Saskatchewan for providing our theme music. Until next time, I'm Perry Belgard, National Chief of the Assembly of First Nations. <laughs> <laughs>